Hello, Podosphere, and a very warm welcome to today's episode. As always, it's amazing to have you joining me on the show, so thank you for tuning in. And you'll be pleased to hear that today's episode is not just a solo rant, it's not me going off on a tangent. Today, we've got an actual guest on the show, and that guest comes in the shape of Mr. Jason Wilson. Now, me and Jay go back years and years and years, as you're about to find out in the opening couple of minutes of today's recording. Uh, Me and Jay first met quite some time ago when we came across each other in a MMA gym. We was introduced by a mutual friend and on that session, I remember I kept Jay way at distance behind a stiff jab, put him in a headlock, rolled him around for a bit and showed him he was boss and the rest is history. <laughs> um, now I'm only joking. I best backtrack on this because I've noticed more recently, Jay's been quite uh, frequent on the older MMA circuit and I'm sort of blowing off dust I've not been in a fighting gym for quite some time so best scale this back Jay if you're listening I do apologise but all the same that is where me and Jay first met and then some years later Jay came over to the world of property started working as an estate agent and of course as agents normally do we started bonding over business over the market over the ins and outs of the sector and we've formed a friendship ever since and although we don't see each other all the time although we don't live next door to each other anymore we've still kept in regular communication through the wonder that is the internet and social media Uh, and then I noticed that Jay took up a job working as an area manager for a company called Mio. Now for those of you that aren't aware Mio essentially are a prop tech company so they provide a service to estate agents and I'll let Jay give you the full spiel on exactly how Mio works but the long and short of it is that they provide a sales progression tool. It's a service which aims to streamline the process, improve communication between all parties with an eventual view of of course speeding up the process and minimizing the risk of a fall through. So obviously being that I own an estate agency business, I was keen to find out more about it and see if it could be a good fit for me. So I reached out to Jay to learn more. But before we got into the weeds of exactly what Mio does, I'd sort of suggested that we jump on a call and record the conversation as a podcast. That way anyone else who's listening from the world of property can kind of drop into the conversation and hear what Mio is all about. Obviously I've asked a lot of questions probably on your behalf and of course if you think it could be a good fit for you and for your business then please feel free to reach out to Jay or anyone else at the Mio team to inquire about the services. If you're not from the world of property I still think you will still get value from today's show. More than anything it was two old friends catching up, chewing the fat, talking all things business, mindset, being employed versus self-employed. We talk about fitness um, and of course the Mio services. So in whatever walk of life you come from, whatever business you operate, I really do hope that you get some value from today's show. Jay is a really sound stand-up guy, someone who I could sit down and talk to all day and somebody who I'm very much looking forward to sitting down with to finalise the meal services in the next week or two. So with that said, I'll shut up. We'll kick on with today's show. My name's Ben, the one with the beard. You're listening to the one with the podcast and this is the one with Jason Wilson. Enjoy. Three, two, one, off we go. We're rolling, we're live. So uh, for anybody listening today, I'm joined on the podcast by Jason Wilson. And just a little bit of context, me and Jay go way back, like years and years and years. When I first met Jay, rolling around on the mats of an MMA training gym. Uh, And since then, we've actually worked together in the property space, both worked for a spell at a well-known hybrid agent. And we've always kept in contact ever since. And more recently, Jay started working for a company that maybe some of you have already heard of, a company called Mio, who provides services to estate agents. So I was talking to Jay about catching up anyway and potentially finding out more about those services. So it kind of made sense to me that we recorded that conversation in the form of a podcast to hopefully give some value to anyone else who's listening who could be interested in finding out more about Jay's story or indeed the Mio services. So with that said, Jay, welcome to the show. It's good to have you here. Cheers, mate. Yeah, good to be here. It's uh, funny, isn't it? That is that is genuinely, I think, the first time we met, isn't it? When we uh, on those box in that on those mats in that boxing MMA gym. It was. I think I tapped you out in about five seconds, if I remember rightly. <laughs> if I remember rightly, you wouldn't get on the mats and do any jiu-jitsu. Punch bags. <laughs> yeah, mate, I, th- I think I was hiding in the weight section, just lifting weights, trying to make myself look busy, doing a bit of grunting, but wouldn't put myself on the mats. <laughs> yeah. 
God, that he's, takes me back. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Are you still training yourself? Did you think it was in Rochdale, weren't it? In the uh... yeah, yeah, in Rochdale. Yeah. So SBG in Berry is is where my last sort of base was with with Glyn Powerich there. So he's already got an early shout out there. Um, but yeah, SBG in, in in Berry, which is sort of based in Ramsbottom, which is where I am. Um, so doing jujitsu there, and then I'll just go wherever really, wherever there's some mat space or a group of lads wanting to go and get together and and do a bit, then I'll I'll go down. Um, Try me hand at boxing, MMA, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, any, anything that's available. But so are you doing it just for the love of getting yourself fitter or are you, are you competing? You always have in the back of your mind, don't you, about the competing. And uh, it's, you know, it's been a long time since I've competed, um, a long time. And it's a, it requires a lot of focus and dedication if you're going to compete in mixed martial arts. Jiu-jitsu maybe not as much, but you know, once you get into the weight categories and stuff, it's... Um, it takes over your life. So I've not, you always have in the back of your mind, you know what, I'm going to get back into it. I'm gonna one more fight, but it, it doesn't always pan out like that. So, um, yeah, really it's, it's for keeping fit, but you know what, it's the challenge as well. And I think it's, um, I'm a big believer in creating adversity for yourself. And I think so many of us are, are just plodding through life, um, just coasting. Um, and I, I see people who go, you know, seven days a week and, and never really face any kind of challenge or adversity. And, you know, I'm a believer in taking yourself out of that comfort zone. So for me, it probably is more about more about the challenge and the, the personal development that I get from that. You know, there's nothing more thrilling than getting a text message saying we're sparring six, seven o'clock on a Friday. Are you up for it? You don't know where, you know, you don't know who's going to be in there. You don't know what's going to be happening. But that, you know, putting yourself in that situation is, um, you know, is, is probably the key for me, really. Um, yeah, you know, I relate to that completely. As well, mate. as well, I think so. Yeah, no, I relate to that completely, mate. And it's uh, it's like you say, I have the same with boxing. So, like, I look at, I think, right, okay, I'm I'm 30 now. I've just turned 30. My best years can still be ahead of me. Boxers don't always peak till they're about 35. I'm going to get in the ring. I, there's still there's still times been middleweight world champion. Yeah, <laughs> when the tail of the tape comes on, pause at the tail of the tape, and you're like, oh, he's in his 30s, he's in early 30s. Okay, all right, he's he's a champion, maybe, but um. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's you know it's the same for everything. It's it's not just it's not just in sport. I mean, I play rugby as well, and that's you know that's that's a tough sport. That's a physical sport. Every Saturday doing that is is a, is a challenge in itself. But um, also in in business and in work as well. So I get really nervous when I speak to new business owners, when I go in and see new businesses, and when um, I go to networking events, I get really nervous. Maybe it doesn't always come across, but you know I know that actually just 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 go and just put yourself in that environment just no matter how intimidating it might be meals allowed me to do that it's put me in a lot of places where i've not normally been i'm, I'm you know I've big presentations to people and big groups of people and big training sessions and hosting them it can be terrifying but just 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 go in there just go in there and get it you know and get your learnings from it and you'll develop you know you'll, you'll learn and you'll develop from those tricky situations and that's that's what i think yeah, I couldn't agree more, Jason. And it's um, it's like I say, whenever you do, you put yourself in those situations. So whether it's going to an MMA gym for the first time or going to a boxing gym or a CrossFit gym or whether it's going to a networking event or hosting a meeting, whatever it is, as scary as it is at the time and as difficult as it can be to take that initial step, you always find that once you come out the other side, it's always like, do you know what? I'm really glad that I did that. I met some really yeah. good people. I got some good, good value. I got some tangible action points and it kind of helps propel you forward. And I think when you can continuously push the boundaries of what you're comfortable with, not just in health and fitness, but like you say, in business as well, I think it really helps sort of develop you as a person and, and sort of push you forward to that next level. So you're a man after my own heart. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. It's, um, you know, we were talking, um, we talked before about, you know, working within the hybrid and being sort of self-employed and, you know, running your own business and, and that for me in the, in the back of my, my mind has always been no matter what the outcome of this is I'll always learn I will be a new I will be a different person than when I started you know and, and whatever it is I will develop and I will learn along along that it's you know it's that win or learn sort of mentality for me you know if, if you're not going to win at it that's 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 fine as well as long as you learn from that yeah you know next time around you know you do better and I think it was exactly the same for being self-employed and trying to run my own businesses. You know, it was, that was scary stepping into that world. But again, it was, no matter what happens here, I, there will be learnings from this and, and there has been. So, you know, anything like that. 100%. And it's, um, I know we spoke a little bit about this off camera a couple of days back, but um, 
even when I, and I've been quite vocal on the podcast about it, that 12 months before launching Esme Properties, the business that obviously I run today, uh, I launched it for the first time. It just didn't work out. We just didn't get the traction that we needed on sales. The fees came down too low. I made that mistake of just trying to think, I need a board, I need to get listings, I need to get customers. And I kind of shot myself in the foot and didn't give myself a real chance of starting. But had I have not done that, I'd probably still be in that same place now with that same mentality. And although you can say, okay, the business didn't work out the first time around, a lot of people on the outward would put that down as a failure it's like actually no I learned so much and I came through that stronger and it's made me a better business person today and I think that's applicable in in, in in most aspects of life I think it's just taking that initial step and sort of being brave enough to kind of dare to be great if that makes sense yeah and, and but also having you know the mindset to, to, to go at it over 100% you know with effort as well you know I think if you're going in half-hearted then you are setting yourself up um, to fall but you know, you've got to be all in, I think, as well. You know, we've tried our, our hands at various things. I know, I know personally I have, not just within, you know, the property industry, not just within a state agency. So I started up a confectionery business as well from home. Um, and if I'm honest, the main reason I did that wasn't, it might sound ironic, but it wasn't actually to make money from it. The margins were very, very slim on that. But I knew that I could learn so much from doing that, that venture. And it also meant I've got a three-year-old daughter. It also meant I wanted something that she could grow up around as well. So she could see, you know, us building a business from home and, and going out and going to festivals at weekends, going to parties and, and pushing our business, promoting our business and watching us build it from the ground up. I wanted her to be around that as well. And just those, those learnings that I got from that, you know, going out and sourcing a supplier for your confectionery, going out and designing the brand. You know, and I've, I'm, we're still really proud of the brand that we created now. I still think it's, it's a really good brand. Um, we don't push it now. We don't operate it, really. But I do look back with really fond memories, you know, being stood in a printer's designing flyers and business cards. They're not usual things in an employed world, if you like, that you find yourself doing. But, you know, by stepping into that world, I've able to go out and, and, and learn so many different things, skills and and whatever else and again putting myself in in an element of adverse in an element of challenge um to, to develop but like you say you know you've got to you, you've got to challenge yourself you've got to push yourself and unless you do take that step you'll never you'll never develop and you'll never know yeah equally i do think you need to be all in as well is it is it 90 percent of businesses fail within the first year am i right in thinking Something similar. I don't know if it's quite as drastic as 90%, but certainly in the first three to five years, the stats are quite scary in terms of uh, the failures. Um, yeah. But like you say, it's about, it's about sort of, because I did a podcast on this as well, because I was trying to make the point of, I think that in the world that we're living at the moment, whilst there's so much opportunity and with social media and the way it's connected us all um, and the opportunities that that brings in a commercial sense, I think there's a lot of kind of pressure that you must be self-employed or you must do this or you must be an entrepreneur or a mumpreneur. Yeah. It's kind of the cool thing to be, but it's kind of understanding as well that actually, you know, you can challenge yourself, you can push yourself, you can come out your comfort zone, you can be appreciated and you can earn good money in an employed world as well. It doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean that because I'm self-employed or because you were self-employed for a long period of time or because anyone else is, that that's the right step for everyone. You know, you can push yourself and challenge yourself in kind of different ways, I guess, is, is the way that I was sort of looking at that. I saw that post you made and um, it, it resonated with me because when I was self-employed and when it was going well self-employed, you'd often hear me saying, I could never go back to being employed again. I could never go back to that. And there was that element of if I come out of being self-employed, is that a failure? You know, have I failed at this? Um, you know, and, and sometimes like I, I refer back to the sweet business, you know, when I see that not, not being as pu being pushed as much as it was, I do sometimes there is an element of, well, to be fail at that, perhaps to be fail at that, but no, we didn't. And, and, and actually being employed has so many benefits as well. And you're right. People do get drunk on the fact of being self-employed, but um, you know, <laughs> sometimes you are better to just step away from that and, and yes. sometimes you need to do that. And I think for me, that was, that was where I was at certainly working within self-employed within the hybrid industry, if you like, you know, I've also ran small franchises for small independents as well. Um, set on a self-employed basis. So I've, I've tried my hand at various different things within the estate agency world. It got to the point where I thought, you know what? I just, I just need to go back to being employed. Yeah. You know, there's, so many benefits that come with that. And I never take any of it for granted. 
what um, what TM who, who who sort of you know are the are the company of, above Mio what sort of Mio and TM give me as employee benefits. I never take any of that for granted. But equally, I have a huge respect for business owners. Um, and and you know again that might sound cliche, but actually going out and meeting business owners, you know people who are running their own estate agents in every different format and facet. I, I have a huge admiration for those people because I know how hard it is, um, you know, and, and I, I do find it interesting to sit with those people and, and, and discover their mindsets, what motivates them, what drives them and, and how they're operating their business as well. Um, yeah. I really enjoy that part. I think just from being self-employed and trying to run my own businesses, that's given me that, that appreciation. Yeah, people. and I guess you can relate in a lot of ways because you've kind of been there and done it. I guess in your current role uh, with Mio, when you're going out and speaking to people, you can kind of understand the, the position they're in, the challenges that they're facing, the pain points that they've got, um, and how potentially you can provide, I guess, a solution to that pain point with the products and services that you now provide. So that's probably quite a good transition, really, because as we've just discussed in depth, you've obviously come from that world of being self-employed, certainly for the, the vast amount of time that we've known each other. Um, how was that transition in coming over to Mio now? So obviously you're in an, an employed role, right? You're not self-employed for Mio. Was that a big step to take? Was it something that took a lot of thought and consideration? Or did you just see Mio for what it was and think, wow, this is a company I need to get involved with? You know, the rest was history. Mindset is not, for me, again, not about employed and self-employed. And I think it was only when we had that chat a few days ago when it was about coming from self-employed to employed, I'd never really thought of it that way. And I, and I think that's probably the best mindset to have, the best attitude to have is, mind your own business was something that I heard years and years ago. I think it was one of the first companies I worked for in estate agencies to mind your own business. And, and that for me is the mindset. So just because you're employed doesn't mean you take the foot off the gas. So it never, it never, it's never really occurred. To, yeah, obviously I'm employed and not self-employed anymore, but I've never viewed it that way because I'm field based anyway, if you like. So I'm role based anyway. I cover a patch or a territory, if you like, um, you know, it's about me going out and driving that business and driving that business forwards, just like I always have done and not having a reliance on an employer to, to spoon feed me. And that was always something I would, I, you know, I, I would push when I was within the hybrid industry. So if somebody was looking to join the hybrid and they ever came to me for any advice. I was always really honest with them. Don't come into this thinking that you're going to be spoon fed. You're going to need to work hard for your money. You know, you're running your own business. Let's get that clear from the outset. You know, these guys aren't here to just spoon feed you and drop money in your wallet at the end of the month. And it's, I've had that same mentality even being employed is, you know, I've got to go out and, and find that business. I've got to go out and grow our meal communities within these areas. I'm not relying on, you know, on people spoon feeding me that business. And I think that says, as, as great as that is from your point of view uh, as the individual, I think that says a lot about Mio and the culture that they've created as well. Because if they can sort of breed that environment where you kind of feel that ownership and you feel as if this is your business within a business, as cliche as that sounds, yeah. it kind of empowers you to run with it and to grow it to the very best of your ability as if it mm. was completely yours. So I think that says probably a lot about the culture as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in, very similar in that you get a territory, just, just at, at Mio. So I'm the Northwest account manager. So it's up to me to roll Mio out within the Northwest. Um, and obviously when I was in the hybrid, it was the same. I have sort of had to tailor and alter certain things because when I was an estate agent, I had the mentality of Ford's breed boards. Um, and you'll hear that some people laugh at that, some, you know, but maybe that's my corporate background within a state agency. I don't know. But boards, pretty boards. So for me, I was given the Northwest or I'd be given, um, you know, Manchester, anywhere up to Burnley, for example, BB postcodes, all the way down to Manchester City Centre. So for me, I would go where the business was. If somebody wanted me to go out and list a property, I would go and do that. You know, if I then got two or three more instructions off the back of that sold board, great. Before you know it, you might have a bit of a market share, even if it's just in say a small housing estate for me it was just stick the boards up wherever you can and then you know hopefully we'll grow some more you sell one quite do some flyers on that street for example you know try and grow it that way whereas actually with Mio I've had to flip that around a little bit so I would sort of look at my Mio community which you'll see a lot of my Mio colleagues talking about these Mio communities I would say well you know I've got Cheshire that's that's my Mio community but it's way too broad to say that. I mean, ideally a meal community 
you could be as small as a high street. If you've got three or four offices on one high street, that's your community. Right. You would dearly want all those three or four agents using Mio. The reason being is you're going to get that shared chain view. So you're going to get one single view of the chain. So when they're doing their sales progression in those branches, they will see where the other agents up to within the, within the chain, if you like. I understand. I would tell you, before, before we go down that rabbit hole, I guess probably the obvious question is for anyone who's not sure, can you just explain quickly exactly what Mio actually does? So in, in a nutshell, Mio is a sales progression tool and it's designed to speed up transaction times. Um, with Mio, you get an app, a free app for your vendor and your buyer for them to download. And they'll be able to track the progress of their sale from that app. Okay. going to get real-time push notifications. They're also going to get set, set tasks as well through the app so they can really get involved in the process. They can feel like they're really part of that process. We know that a large amount of transactions fall through because of a lack of um, visible progress and almost a lack of interaction for the home movers. So we're combating that. The agents get, with Mio, they get a nice handy task bar. So the task bar is going to sort all their milestones that need chasing on that on any given day so nothing's going to slip through the net so let's say you operate with a sales progressor in your department and that sales progressor only works two or three days a week for example what happens on those other days you know how are you how are you maintaining sales progression on those days when the sales progressor is not in you know there's a lot of things that will slip through the net Mio's going to make sure that doesn't happen it's going to put them into that task bar for you so speed up transaction times obviously Another benefit you'll find later on down the line will be a reduction in fall-through rates as well. Um, so yeah, in a nutshell, it's a sales progression tool, sales progression communication tool, if you like. Okay. So talk me through how, so I've just agreed a sale. So is it kind of a case of, okay, sale agreed, then you just prompt your vendor to download the app, same with your buyer. And then what we have the same sort of aerial view as an agent that the buyer and the seller have on their side. And then it just tells them, okay, you need to complete your paperwork. You need to return your IDs. You need to respond to the inquiries. Is that kind of, it's kind of systemized and itemized at every single milestone, if you will, as it goes along. So your views are obviously different as an agent to what the buyer and the vendor are going to see. It's going to be a little bit more intuitive for the agent, um, but it's going to communicate with some of their milestones, not all of them. We're not setting them too many milestones, too many tasks to complete on their side just enough to make them feel involved and, and get things moving as well. So what they'll find on their side, let's say the buyer's app, for example, they will um, have a task for um, mortgage application submitted, for example, just as an example. So the idea being they walk out the mortgage advisor's office, they can literally pick up their phone, knowing they've just submitted the mortgage application and tick it off. That's then going to communicate with you as the agent, with your Mio. So you're going to see that that task has been ticked, that milestone has been completed on your end as the agent. Oh, yeah. so that's you know that's going to help move things forward rather than we all know what it's like you've got those vendors who six weeks down the line you ring the solicitor for an update oh well we've not done anything okay well why well we never had the welcome pack back in we never had the, you know the welcome pack nobody's chased it from the agents again on the app it is going to give them a prompt to get those that welcome pack get those initial documents back into the solicitor back into the conveyancer so they're common ones, really. I used to find that all the time, six weeks down the line. It's like, why isn't it moving on this? Yeah. Because the welcome still sat on the dining room table. Um, they didn't know how to fill it in. Nobody told me. You just assume sometimes as an agent, people know these things. And again, with the app, it's giving them guides and tutorials, a bit of education, really, for the home mover about what stage of the process, you know, is. So would you say that then, in, in that case, it's kind of an educational tool to kind of assist and streamline the process rather than prop tech to replace the agent it's very much there to assist rather than replaced by the sound 100% to assist don't it's not there to replace the agent you still want to be delivering that five-star service you know what you don't want is um, to just come away from communicating with that customer yeah, yeah. they're going to push notifications and pings telling them when something's happened on their file but you, you still want to be providing that five-star experience you do still want to be picking up the phone to them here and there but what Mia will do is it will reduce the amount of calls you have to make it should reduce the amount of calls that come into you as well and it should reduce the amount of calls that you're having to make to solicitors to chase things. So what we say with Mio is property gets to sale agreed. You then do your sales progression on Mio. So you just come on to Mio, you do your sales progression on there and you start working through the milestones on Mio. And they're really intuitive. So they will give you 
um, sort of you know average times and days to be completing these tasks. So if you instruct a lawyer, you're going to get about 24 hours to do the memorandum of sale. Um, you know, and if you've not done, you are then going to get a task which is going to sit on your meal desktop. So which is great because you're not going to miss it then. So the next day when you come in, your morning meeting, you get your meal open. Right, these are the tasks. And oh, yeah, I need to get that memorandum of sale done today because we yeah. spoke to the lawyers yesterday. So you know, you're never going to miss anything. And Just helps it, keep everyone on the ball. On the buyer vendor side. Awesome, awesome. And is there a, a meal facing? Um, platform for the conveyancer or is that kept completely separate is it more of a three-way stream between the agent vendor and buyer agent vendor and buyer there's not a meal screen for the conveyancer we do have um another product that we you know we actively place into the conveyancer's workspace so tm convey um is a platform that those if those conveyancers are working from then that will plug into me and will data feed into me as well. So there will be certain data feeds, you know, and certain automation on your milestones on your meal. So you've also got, um, you know, surveyors, for example. So, you know, you three big surveyors, if you like, each serve countrywide and, and, and Connell. So if somebody's getting a survey from those providers, that can feed into me as well. And that will automate some of those milestones, some of those tasks. So again, oh, brilliant. Awesome. Awesome. Brilliant. Um, and that's something I was going to say then. I had a burning question in the back of my mind while you were talking and my mind just went completely blank. Well, <laughs> yeah, you can see where if you've got, so if you've got a number of agents all using Mio, so yeah. high streets, three or four of you all using Mio, you'll be able to see, let's say Esme Properties, for example, I'll be able to see where Esme Properties are up to in their chain without having to ring Ben and ask him for an update because I will get that collaborative chain view my side as an agent. That's so. exactly what I was going to touch on because obviously when we was off camera and even a little bit, you touched on it earlier on in the conversation about that community aspect that I know you've started to really sort of build and harness in certain spots across the Northwest. So that's kind of the main benefit that it helps every agent kind of work together in tandem, eliminate those uh, sort of niggling chasing. It just kind of lets everyone see exactly where things are at in a one shot view. Yeah, but what I don't want to happen is, is, is it just go, well, there's no other agents in my area on it. Or, you know, if you are in an area where there's, there is no other agents using Mio at the moment, we need trendsetters. We need people who are willing to differentiate themselves as well. So if you are, let's say you are, a, um, you know, you're going out, you're listing properties, it's a tough market out there. You know, you're going up against four or five decent, you know, decent agents who are all fighting for the same slice of the pie. Mio will help you initially set yourself aside from your competition. Yeah, it's definitely a great USP. Yeah, 100%. So if you are going up against four or five agents, you are the only one in your town at the moment who are using Mio because you're the trendsetter, then you can confidently say to those vendors, you know, look, not only do we take listing your property seriously, you're going to get a fancy brochure, we're going to do a fancy video for you, but also, you know, you can see that we're, we're taking our back end serious as well. So the sales progression side of things. And actually, when I, what I found going out and speaking to vendors on valuations was, normally, don't forget, two or three of agents have gone in and told them a price. They've agreed the price. They'll have told them probably that they've got a list of buyers. Some of them will have. They'll have told them, well, I will sell this in no time at all. That vendor's already confident. My house is going to sell. It's not that they were necessarily always worried about. It was more they knew the conveyance inside of things can be a headache. And especially if they are second, third time movers, they might have, you know, a bit of angst about what they experienced previously around the conveyancing, around the sales progression side of things. That was a nightmare. Selling it was dead easy. We got a buyer in a week. But the solicitors was the hard bit. That was the tricky part. Well, actually, you as an agent can be saying, well, yeah, but look, you know, we're investing in technologies that are out there. We're investing in these new things. We're taking that side of the business really seriously, Mr. Bender, as well as that fancy video I'm going to make for you and that fancy advert on the portals. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's always interesting it because when a sale is agreed, um, not to be sort of dismissive, but there's so many different forces at play. You've got the productivity of your vendor, your buyer, how long it takes them to return paperwork, hit certain milestones. You've then got the issue with conveyances. Are they being proactive? Are they on the ball? Are they using email? Is everything done by the post? And you've got your agent in the middle, surveyors, mortgage advisors. And there's so many different forces at play. So in my book, and I'm only speaking now completely impartially, not even just because you're on the podcast, Jay, that anything that can help streamline that process and take away some of the more, like you say, it's not about eliminating the person because it is a people business and we do need to be there to offer that five-star service. But when we can eliminate those sort of um, intermediary tasks, 
that don't necessarily need to be a drain in our time, energy and resources. I think anything that can help streamline, streamline that has got to be a good thing for the customer and therefore a good thing for, for us as business owners as well. Yeah, 100%. And actually, you know, <clears throat> I don't think I've met a business owner yet who've confidently said to me, you know, dead happy with sales progression, dead happy with where it is. You know, we're happy with how everything goes through. Almost every business owner I meet with, and that's not necessarily because they've contacted me. You would assume they're contacting the sales progression tool that they've got an issue with sales progression. But even those that I approach and I speak to, you know, who haven't necessarily contacted us at Meal yet, if I ask them, how are you finding sales progression? Majority, if not all of the time, they're saying to me, it's slow. Um, it's, it's not where it used to be or not where we want it to be. Things should be a lot quicker. And that's when you're all ears normally as a business owner. It's, you know, look, I've got something that can help you with that. Um, let's have a chat. And that's initially, initially, all we're really asking is just 30 minutes of your time, 30, 40 minutes of your time. Let's have a sit down. Let's have a chat. And also there's a lot of other things we can explore as well during that chat. I've got a lot to offer. I think the estate agency world, I've got a lot of experience with the estate agency industry. Sometimes we find ourselves talking about, you know, just, just their market share, what, even what their listers get paid. We, get, we talk about all sorts of things. But let's, whilst we're in there, let's explore sales progression. Let's not just talk about Mio, but let's talk about how you're running your sales progression, how it's operating. When do you do it? You know, I meet some who do, we do it one day a week. Okay, you know, and let's just see if there's any sort of suggestions out there, any different ideas and, and things we can tailor. But, you know, initially it's just 30, 40 minutes to sit down, have a coffee, and let's just chat about a state agency. And, and the most boring bit being sales progression. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of what you've got to offer and kind of your experience from the estate agency world, not necessarily just Mio, if you was, not to put you on the spot, and I know you've got a slight bias, but if you was an estate agent today, if you was just about to start up or you was in the early stages, how big a priority would instructing a service like Mio be for you? Is it something that someone should be thinking of once they've got a certain amount of sales agreed and the pipeline's at a certain point? Or is it something that you think pays dividends to give some serious consideration to almost immediately? Um, how important is Mio to a business? Let's just say a business in general. Well, um, if I ask, I'll ask you then, Ben. So flip that around a little bit. So what for you are the, are the most important parts of your estate agency business for you what's the most important part of the role um how do you mean in terms of so in, in terms of getting instructions sales progression um you know neg negotiating let's do review calls with vendors what's you know the, generally what i find is the answer is well number one's instructions you know, yeah, sure. It, 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 it's still listening to what we're getting, what, what we're completing on ultimately. I guess it's how many we're getting on the front end and what's converting through to cash in the bank at the end of the line. As, as cynical as that Correct. sounds, obviously the numbers are what drive the business, yeah. right? And that, that is almost every, every business owner tells me that, every agent tells me that. Number one, get the listings. Number two, sales progression, you know, get, get that banked income. Yeah. So that's so important. I think, Mia, was, look, look, if I've got something that can help you with that, that can speed that up for you, that could mean you're going to get paid quicker and ultimately will reduce fall throughs in the longer term. But surely you're all ears on that. Okay, I'm interested. I want to hear what that is. So that for me is how important Mio can be for a business. For, for any business, does it, does it work? Well, I don't, for me, you don't need necessarily a huge pipeline for Mio to work. Don't forget, we've talked about things like a differentiator in there. So, you know, you're better off for me exploring these technologies as soon as you can, because you never know your market share should be growing within those 12 months, 18 months, two years to a point where, well, then you're going to, you're going to want it to be on a meal and, and fully understanding a meal, fully understanding the technology out there, not leaving it too late, but also it's going to help you grow that market share as well initially. Don't forget, because you are going to go out and use it as again. USB. Exactly. Especially if you're a small business, a new startup, for example, and you're going up against, you know, four or five established, well-known brands in your area, some corporates in there as well. Good listers, you know, the, the listers these days are good. You know, they've got to be good. Um, you know, if you're going up against those, you are going to need something that stands you aside. And, you know, I've been there, I've been there on valuations for nearly two hours with a vendor. We've covered everything off in my presenter that was given to me by the company. And then by the end of it, they've said, look, you know, we're probably going to use you because you've sold two or three on the street, but we've had three over ages. You've all sort of said the same kind of thing to me. Um, not there's a problem with that, but you've all sort of said the same thing. Is there anything you do that is different? And at the time, I've had to dig really deep and think, okay, um, well, you know, we, we care about selling. We're a young team and blah, blah, blah. 
but actually had I had something like meal to pull out of my little toolkit, pull out of my bag, that would have been, I think, a huge differentiator in that appointment and, and probably would have just helped tie things up even more. Yeah, I think that's a good point that you make because essentially, it, and we see it all the time, even if you jump onto LinkedIn or if you go and do any research, look on any other estate agent's Facebook page, Instagram page, everyone kind of says the same thing. And I understand that everyone's got a different delivery, a different personality. Some people are going to form really deep connections with the vendors uh, you know, on the appointment, on the free eval. But essentially, all that stuff's great. And the interpersonal side is so, so important. But when you can present an actual tangible point of difference like there's a physical thing that we can offer that we do that's going to benefit you for this reason that no one else offers that's pretty powerful right 100 percent. and you know let's, let's let's be honest though people do buy from people um majority of the time but like i said nobody out there's a bad lister really now not that i see anyway you, you've got to be good out there these days um you know and this is I suppose I'm a bit of an estate agency geek, really. I love going and seeing these, these, these branches, love going and seeing estate agents and seeing how they do things. And one thing that I'm finding at the minute is it's, it's a strong market out there for estate agents at the moment. You know, what I see in those branches are, are a strong group of people, group of individuals. There's some seriously good people out there. Um, and I, I often think, you know, thank God I didn't go up against some of these guys on my listings because, you know, there's some, there's some really good people out there doing this job. So, you, you know, you're going to need to, you're going to need to be different. You know, I see a lot of the content you put out and it's, it's interesting. It, it interests me a lot. People are starting up estate agency now because arguably there's probably never been a better time to start your own agency. You know, you look at things. I, I mean, I don't know things like EXP UK too well then I'll be honest. I've had, I had a nosy when you sent me some stuff for it. It looks really interesting. But so there's, for me, it looks as though from the outset looking in, there's probably never been a better time to start your estate agency. Um, but then I look at some of the content people are putting out. Very few are doing it different. You know, I love what you put out there. It's very engaging. And a lot of it is different as well. Some of it's really cool and unique. And then I go and I see four or five other videos or other bits of content being pushed out. And I think, I don't think you've done a lot there to differentiate yourself. There's people going out there now doing it well, doing it really strongly. Um, so I do think people need to be expanding their horizons, really, in terms of what they can be doing. Yeah, and especially like you say, and you know, not just EXP. Um, you know, you look at models like Keller Williams and Sean Newman, what he's doing with these guys, um, and all these different sort of models that exist across the country that are kind of empowering people to make that transition into the world of self-employed. Um, and with that, whilst that's great, and I think it's good to give the customer options, I'm so passionate about empowering people with the tools and the education and the support that they need to start their own business. At the end of the day, it does make the market even more competitive than even what it has been in recent years. So yeah. as we start getting these new entrants, entrants to the market and as the competition does start to rise, you better evolve your game. You better be up in those standards as well because otherwise you're going to quickly become yesterday's news. Um, and I think it's always worth paying homage to that and always looking at ways you can innovate and set a point of difference and be at the forefront of change. It's an industry that I don't think is necessarily being too open to change. Um, majority of the time, you know, we know now that 40 odd percent of users want some kind of mobile app communication, for example, you know, I'll see some agents go, well, our demographic, you know, they're never going to, you're never going to benefit from an app. But we're looking at your home movers of the future as well here. So one of my business owners, uh, one of my estate agency brands, um, a large, a large agency in Manchester, he wanted to, he, he said what he found was <coughs> he'd sell a property to a buyer. And then let's say in 12 months time, um, 18 months time, that property was back on the market. You know, they were selling the chimney pot and now they were upsizing into the next step, you know, that three bed semi, for example, he said, and we drive past you the board and actually they've never called us out for a second time. You know, we, we felt we'd given them a really good service that initial time. Why didn't we get, get the chance to go out and, and pitch our services to them the second time round? So for, for, for them, it was about, we're, we're, we're confident Mia will give them, give us a point of difference. It will, it will help them remember us, you know, for giving them a tool that none of the other agents were offering. Um, and hopefully it's then going to bring back those second time, third time sellers, you know, and the home movers of the future as well. And for me, it's about future proofing, future proofing your business. You know, at the end of the day, there are agents out there who are just not receptive to new technologies. Yeah. And I, I meet with a lot of them. Um, but equally, you know, there are those out there who, who just want to explore what is available, what is out there, what can we be offering and changing that. I really think in today's market, um, agents need to be 
future proofing themselves probably a lot better than what they are. And I think, um, sort of speaking to you now, just in the conversation we've just had, Jay, I think we've probably already answered this question, but given the sort of variance of agents that you speak to in different markets, different models, different approaches, different attitudes, is there an example of any structure, any person, any agent, any situation where Mio potentially wouldn't be a good solution? Or do you think anyone who works in this space in 2020 should at least be having a conversation with Mio? Initially, at least be having a conversation. You know, if, if sales progression, you know, falls into your remit in, in some way, shape or form, then I think there's a conversation there to be had. And, and again, I reiterate, just 30, 40 minutes is, is, is really all we're saying. But, um, you know, I've had anything from <clears throat> investors who, who buy and sell, you know, contact me and even use me and even giving it a go. It's not worked for all of them, but, you know, for some it has. So initially it's about just having that chat and seeing if it's something that can help you within your business. Um, you know, and I like to think there's, there's, there's takeaways from these conversations for both sides, for, for both ourselves at Mio and for the, 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 the agent as well. You know, hopefully there might be things that they can learn from us, given our experience. You know, our, our Mio team is made up of people full of estate agency experience. I like to think we, we, we know quite a bit about the industry now. And we meet a lot of agents daily. So I'm sure there's a lot that both sides can garner. But if sales progression falls into your remit in any way, shape or form, then I, I think there's a conversation to be had with, with those guys at Mio you know, around how, how it could help, how it could help things for you. Okay. And obviously I know that you look after the Northwest, so you're very much, well, I guess I'm very much in your territory in that, in that respect, but I know that agents listen to this podcast from all over the country, from Scotland down to London and everywhere in between. So is, are you, have you got national coverage? Do you have a, a pair of feet on the ground in every area? Can anyone anywhere reach out to you guys? Well, not Scotland. You know, you said Scotland there, not Scotland just because, um, of, of you know different processes, yeah, different processes in Scotland. So um, we're not developed for Scotland, but you know Wales, England, yeah, absolutely. Um, our main pilot was down in Cardiff. That's where we trialled Mio initially. Got fantastic results out of there. Um, you know, so anywhere in England and Wales, hundred percent. You know, we've got coverage there for you. You know, we had a national rollout last year, um, so we now have guys covering covering your patch if you're an agent in England and Wales. Brilliant, brilliant. And what does the future look like for you guys? I'm guessing that, well, whenever I've spoke to most tech companies in the past, there's always something they're working on, something that's evolving, something that's changing, something that we're forward planning. What's in the pipeline for me? Or what, what, what's your, your mission, I guess, in the sort of medium term? We're always, we're always adapting and changing, you know, and we, 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 we genuinely work side by side with our agents. Um, that isn't lip service. You know, let's, let's work together. Let's, let's give me a go within your business and let's see, you know, and, and, and often I get a lot of suggestions from agents as well. And, and we're only going to be able to develop our technology when agents are using it. And they'll come back to us with all sorts of suggestions. You know, and we, we are always, we look at all of them. You know, some of the agents come up with really, really great suggestions for the use of the app and for the use of the technology. So for us, we're always developing. Um, so, you know, for us, ultimately, the, the goal would be for every agent in, in England and Wales to be using Mio. And then sales progression would have, would have changed forever, you know, ultimately. But in, in, in this, let's, let's narrow that down a little bit. Go back to the communities. If you've got four or five agents operating within your little town, your little village, even on your high street, then really we want to be seeing Mio in all of those different agencies being utilised. And then I, I guarantee that your sales progression will be changed forever. Once they're uh, Personally, I absolutely love that, Jay. I think that... Um, so I've touched on this off camera, but agents aren't always the most collaborative bunch. We don't always sort of speak and communicate to people, especially other agents in the same sort of vicinity. So I think the fact that you kind of encourage that community aspect and agents to try and, I guess, improve the standards of each agent by introducing the Mio uh, technology. I think that's a great collaborative mindset as well to have. And it looks like you're doing a great job in terms of establishing that and getting the wheels in motion in the Northwest. It's true. It is true. It's not, it's not an industry that, 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 agents do talk but I think on the outset it's quite easy to think that they don't but they, they do talk they talk in their own ways I find um, you go to networking events you don't see too many of these networking events all the time you know breakfast meetings things like that you don't get too many going to those things which is which is unusual but they do talk within their own way and it's really cool to see that you know I think the reality is when an agent gets Mio and they see it making a difference they see what it can do for their business they're then way more open to then going out and speaking to these other agents and 
And so, some of my communities now, the, the business owners will say to me, I'll give them a ring for you. I'll give them a ring down, you know, next door, but one, I'll give her a bell and, and tell her about Mio. And sometimes I've been in to see businesses and actually the agent from up the road's already beaten me to it. They've already gone in and said, look, <laughs> this because this is going to benefit all of us. So selfishly, yeah, it's going to change our sales progression, but also yours. We're finding you're in a lot of our chains. So it makes sense for us both to be using Mio. Um, to communicate between each other better as well. Oh, so much better. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really cool when you see that, when you see that emotion um, and encouraging that communication between the agents. But, you know, I've, I've been there on the high street where I've had to physically walk into another estate agent's office and go, look, what is the update on this file? Because I've, I've been ringing the office all day. I've rung them six times that day and I keep getting fobbed off. So I've gone, do you know what? I'm walking in there. And I've gone in and gone, what's the update? Where are we up to? So most agents know in their area who, who, who generally are the culprits of this. So it's in everybody's interest to go get them on it as well, because that's going to speed things up. That's going to change things massively for us. You know, and if you get them all using it in your area, then sales progression is going to be different for you guys forevermore. Yeah, yeah. And just a couple of bits and pieces that as an agent I'm getting from this conversation, Jane, these weren't things that I was planning on asking. So I don't mean to kind of put you on the spot as such. But in terms of Mio itself, first off, how long have you guys been trading now? Have you been at this for, for a little while? I think I've seen you popped up initially. I first turned my head to you guys maybe about six, 12 months ago, something like that. Um, how long have you been in, in operation? Yeah, that would make sense because our national launch was, was May last year. Right. So you're six to 12 months there, you can probably see where that's come from. So accurate. Yeah. So. And over that 12 month period then, uh, have you guys got any sort of tangible stats in terms of using Mio will help reduce fall throughs by X amount or anything of that nature? Or is it, is that not something that you, you know at the top of your head? Yeah, no, it is. I mean, we're, we're averaging around 14 days quicker at the moment, 14 working days quicker on a chain, which, you know, to a business owner is massive. That might not always seem like the highest initially, but that's, that's huge. Next, you know, two weeks quicker, working days quicker um, to convert your pipeline. I know as a sales manager, I'd have, I'd have snapped your hand off at that. Um, I know in our pilots in Cardiff that we ran initially, it was 126 days down to 85 days uh, quicker on average when it was in play. Um, but it's, it, it changes for every, in each community is different. And that's what we're saying. Let's, let's, let's pilot a community let's get a community in your area. Let's do a pilot there. Let's give it a try and see what suggestions you've got for us. Let us know what you think works, what doesn't work, but also let's see what kind of results we can pull out of this as well. So I went to, I onboarded a new business last week and I sat with them and I said, so, you know, where did, have you heard, where did you hear about me? And she said to me, well, I was actually, a, I was a, I was purchasing a property through one of your agents. And I'm not going to mention any names there, but we're going to purchase a property for one of your agents who uses me well, okay. She said, and I was on the buyer app. I had the buyer's app. And she went through in eight weeks, her purchase. So, I, you know, and she didn't initially say that. She just said, I loved it. I loved the app. I thought it was wicked. And she's the director of an agent herself. And she said, hey, that's you because I want that. Yeah, so I yeah. Thursday of last week. So anybody who follows my LinkedIn would have seen it was onboarded back in the last week. They'll be able to work that one out for themselves. And she said it was wicked. I loved it. And that, that's when I said, I was with my colleague, Phil, uh, who does cover the, the, the Cardiff area, the, the Wales area. And uh, we were both, you know, we fell off our chairs. That's amazing. So, so how quick was it then? She said, well, it was eight weeks, my purchase in the end. She was using the buyer app for that purchase. Amazing, amazing. What an introduction. That's, That's kind of like the equivalent of saying, oh, where do I sign? You just sold my, uh, my daughter's property in two weeks. <laughs> That's kind of like well, the I don't even have to demo the app to her. I went to do the training. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to show you this, do I? Because you could probably show me it. She was like, yeah, no, it's fine. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was amazing. So when you say you know, nationally, we've got these figures, but, but actually it could be different in each community. To be sure. fair. In, in her as an example, we're talking you know, eight weeks, but you know, roughly around 14 days quicker, two, two working days, uh, two weeks quicker. Awesome, mate. awesome. And what's the, um, does it hinder things significantly? If let's just say, for example, um, we sell a property, the vendor's very tech savvy, but the buyer is an old age pensioner. They're not interested. They don't even use email, let alone have a smartphone. And for that reason, they're not really embracing it. If you get an instance like that, can the agent and one side of the party still have effective communication through me or do you really need a three-way process set up for it to be effective? So you don't, you don't necessarily need a smartphone. I mean, your smartphone's going to give you the push notifications and the app that's downloadable. But you can just access from a desktop as well 
obviously accessing meal as a consumer, as a vendor or buyer from your desktop, um, you're not going to get push notifications, but you will be able to go on there still and see, you know, your chain progress and get, you know, useful guides and tasks to complete, for example. Um, but equally, as an agent, Mio is still going to give you loads in terms of your task bar, your milestones. Um, you know, it's going to automate your sales progression. It's going to, it's going to organize you in, in, in a way that I see very few agents already doing it. Um, you know, and, and you're still going to get those benefits. So whether your vendor and your buyer are using the app or not, that's fine. If they're not, you're still going to get a whole new sales progression experience just from operating your task list every, every day, to be fair. Awesome. Awesome. That's brilliant, mate. And um, I'm mindful of the time because we said we'd wrap this up about 10 minutes before the time that we're currently at the moment. So we'll say I've got it in a second. <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Um, but just for anyone listening who wants to reach out, um, I guess to you um, will probably be a good start if you're in the Northwest, especially. But if not, I'm sure you can divert them to your colleague who can look after them based on where, where they are in the country. So anyone who wants to reach out and have a chat to you yeah, about Mio, where can they find you, Jay? What's the best the best channel? So, yeah, I mean, just drop me an email. You'll find me on LinkedIn. Um, obviously, Jason Wilson on there. Um, if you search for me on LinkedIn as well, you'll find all of our account managers on there. Um, so you'll be able to find out who the, the, the guy or girl is in your area to contact. If, if you know, if you just want to send me a message, send me a message or point in the right direction, uh, my email is jason.wilson at meo.co.uk. Um, so you can drop me an email at any point, wherever you are in the country, um, and I'll point you in the right direction. Awesome, Jay. Mate, that's brilliant. And you know what? Business to one side. It's been a pleasure seeing your face and sitting down and having a chat. feels weird seeing you not being in a headlock. <laughs> I know. It's, I've not seen you for ages now and it's, uh, it's done over video. So, uh, look, we need, to, we need to get together and have a brew, mate. We do. We absolutely do. Because genuinely, we'll have a chat off camera about, um, uh, about the meal services for, for Esme Properties as well. So, I look forward to that. You can get the coffees in. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Nice one, Jay. Have a good day. Take care. Thanks for your time. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.